back and we 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 back hey this ain't we're back that's right popcorn optional is back ladies and gentlemen better than ever i don't think so but we're here we're having a good time it's gonna be looser it's more casual I'm Jake Brown. I'm your host now, I guess. I'm joined by Cameron <laughs> and Trevor. Guys, Hello. Hello. How have you been? It has been forever. Oh, man. It's been a while. We had to get on here and do the Star Wars. Although Two months I, late. Yeah, we're, we're, we, we, let, we let the discourse die down, and we're going to stir it back up again or something. Yeah. Yep. I feel like yep. the discourse yep. is kind of always up with this movie because it's Star Wars. Maybe it's just me, but it's like I feel like every day no, there's I've, a new thing to complain about or talk about I've, as far as Star I've pretty Wars intentionally stayed out of it I really hadn't thought about this movie too much after the first week or two that I saw it and I think that says a lot about the movie. to say <laughs> I thought about Last Jedi for months afterwards and this was like yeah. oh so that's how it ends yeah yeah not great not great but you know we'll talk about that later um how, how have you guys been quick life updates let's do it the people want to know good yeah um so I have two children now um, Yay! Baby number two was born the first week of January, um, so that's that's pretty fun and different. <laughs> um, so yeah, that's uh, that's my my big update. How has the jump nice. from one kid to two kids been? Um, it's not been too bad so far. There are definitely She's moments when still it's still an infant. So, <laughs> but yeah, it's it's all it's nice when you can just like set one of them down and they don't go anywhere or do anything. Uh huh. <laughs> yeah, that's a good feeling. The good, good stage feeling. of life. <laughs> Either way, though, you're still having to play man now. Every once in a while, you may be able to, like, you know, play zone a little bit because one of the people you have to play man on is immobile. But right. sometimes yeah. that immobile man will just scream at you, and you're like, "Hey, we got to play man." Yep. Um, <laughs> so, Cameron, how, how have you been? Great. Yeah. Um, no, life's good. I got no complaints. Just you know busy with work life and i'm not working i'm trying to spend as much time with my wife and my two boys so life's good though i'm happy to you know be able to jump on once a month or whenever we feel like it and not have as like weekly of a schedule but be able to just be like hey i got something i want to talk about yeah i do a podcast and this movie greatly offended me and my snowflake (laughs) culture needs to be heard that's right. We, we are just a bunch of sensitive snowflakes that need our opinion heard by five to ten people max. You know, that's all we need. I really just need to be able to scream into a void. And that's what this is you for. Know, that's what that's yeah. what the internet is for. Yeah. That is the um, internet. <laughs> that is the internet. Yeah, so we took a little break. We thought it was the end. I kind of thought it wasn't like officially the end, but definitely a needed break. Um we're back in a much looser, more chill format. Basically, we'll probably do one a month, maybe two a month, maybe no a month. Just there will there will be a Top Gun Maverick podcast, even if it's just <laughs> me. Yes, I, I want a Colin Cowherd of Trevor talking Top Gun Maverick. <laughs> I Guys, could, remember when I did a, a Sherlock and Holmes one or whatever? <laughs> Holmes, and Watson. Holmes and Watson. If we're doing my a notes. top ten episodes, that's the best episode we've ever done. That I was a great episode for that, and I like forgot that I did. Like, <laughs> I love that you just like it was just that it was just like you reading reading your notes and then questioning as to whether that was actually what happened in the movie. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's a that's one of the gems in the archive. Go find that. Maybe we'll do some more of those. Um, we're not going to be chasing the release schedule or the box office. We're going to do what we want, when we want, because that's what this is for. I mean, honestly, this is just an excuse for me to talk to two of my best friends and nerd out about movies. So that's what this is going to be. We, we so might do a 10 years later Oscars sometime. Maybe. Yeah. Yeah, we might do it. The hard thing yeah. with that, is, though... <clears throat> Here's my stick with that always is that in order to do that right, you really need to go back and watch as many films from that year as possible, which is a really, really big task to kind of undertake. I mean, I remember last year, I think in the month of like January and February, which is normally down months at the box office anyways, but it's like, I think I ended up watching like 
12 or 15 movies from the year that we were doing. What, what were we doing? 2000? Dang. Eight? Yeah, it would have been yeah, 2008. Because yeah, it's 11 yeah, years from the year that you're actually in. So it's 2008. And it's like some of them, it's like Dark Knight. I didn't even go back and watch because I'm like, I have that movie memorized. I don't need to see that again. But <laughs> it's I mean, perfect. Right. I want to do this just so that we can tell more people about the movie Moon, which is one of the best sci-fi movies of all time. Yeah. Do you guys remember when Jeremy Renner was actually a good actor? Uh, and you mean now he's an incredible musician? Hello, Jeep <laughs> commercial song. What's up? Oh my gosh. <laughs> I, I hate love that song. It's so... That's what happens when you get too much money and you're just a bored... That's peak fame. Right. Like if you're unmarried older you have a bunch of money you just start to get bored and if you don't have like hobbies or something else and it's like i should get into music why would you not start a music career like give me reasons why you would not do it there are none do you guys know that Kiefer sutherland has like a big following music career like no to jack bauer 24 right yeah yeah. what is he music that like old white women love and he's he's okay so what you're telling me is that he's a real life ron duke silver yeah. 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 That makes sense. He's Duke Silver. I'm not Keeper surprised Silver, by that at all. Duke Silver. Well, I was going to segue, but we, we anti-segued, but the segue <laughs> of the 10 years Oscar later, whatever, um, Oscars happened. You know, hey, This is the first time probably care? in 10 years that I haven't watched, maybe 12 years, I haven't yeah, watched the Oscars. I, have, I didn't watch, and I think, I didn't see most of the movies that were nominated because we stopped doing this podcast and my life got crazy. But I think I would be pleased with most of these results if I had seen these movies. Yeah, so I saw <laughs> I saw Parasite in theaters, and it is probably a top 10 movie ever for me now. Um, so I was super pumped to see it win all the awards. And then I saw 1917 this past weekend. And, I mean, this might be a controversial take, but, like, all of the Oscars in that film should exclusively go to Roger Deakins because it was literally just like a two hour camera movement workshop and that was it. Better or I've, worse than Dunkirk? The same. I mean, okay. it's, it's, it's like that same vein of like, you don't really know much about the character. You do feel more to these characters than Dunkirk because they actually have names, you know? Mm. There's a start. <laughs> Um, it's not just Harry Styles looking Nolan, good on screen. Nolan for doesn't two hours. care about your yeah. names. He doesn't yeah. need your names. He doesn't. Um, well, I mean, he he does, but he doesn't <laughs> think he does. But yeah, 1917 was great. But it was literally like the whole time I was just like, yeah, cool. Give Roger Deakins the Oscar, and that's it. But yeah, Parasite, incredible. I, I can't believe that, I saw the that Irishman us received no nominations. That's strange to me. It's because it came out in March. What, what didn't us us? Neither uh, did best original Smart. screenplay. Maybe Lupita Nyong'o is amazing in it. Yeah, yeah. There's a lot of movies Uncut from this Jim's year. Got, got snubbed. Uncut yeah, Jim's incredible. Here's here's my issue with the Oscars, or at least with with the acting categories. There are 20 nominations. I think it's. I almost said 20 people, but I know sometimes people get doubled up. I don't think anyone did this year. Yeah, Scarlett um, Johansson did. She got JoJo oh, okay. uh, Rabbit uh, yeah, for supporting. And then yes. she was in a Taika Waititi movie and the Noah Baumbach movie this year. That's the is... one movie that I, that's the one thing that I was like, okay, so the movies I saw were uh marriage story, Irishman and Joker. And I will say Scarlett Johansson is incredible in marriage story. And I haven't seen Renee Zellweger and Judy, but apparently nobody else has either. So is, <laughs> is marriage story as hard to watch as people say it is. It's harder. Okay. Oh God! <laughs> I don't think I'll be watching that. I think I got um, done watching it, and like the next day, I was talking to my wife, and I was like, "Please, under no circumstances, should you ever watch this movie." Like, <laughs> so it's like Holmes I've and heard, Watson. I've heard yes. a lot of people say that. <laughs> I, I like. I kind of. It's it's one of those movies that it's like, oh, that's very well done. You have forever scarred me thank you <laughs> i don't like, know like the like black swan like that kind of feeling no not like that that hey, was black like Swan's hey great. that's beautifully beautiful and disturbing black but this Swan is, is like, amazing i think black is this, swan is this isn't... a uh, is this a human centipede situation 
Yes, that's what I would compare it to. <laughs> At the end of the movie, I think that if you guys watch, just watch the last 10 minutes, and I think that you guys will be able to see the comparables between the two. I think that's... that's that's, that's why it really scarred me. Yeah. You really only need the last 10 minutes and you get the gist. <laughs> but I mean, the same thing. I think it's scarier than Black Swan because it's more realistic. And I mean, that's what I say about Human Centipede. Like, that's way more realistic than. <laughs> okay, wait. So, wait. So, here's my point I was saying. So, of. And I've complained about this before at the Oscars. Of the 20 nominees for an acting category, 10 of them were playing real life people. Which I hate. Like, that's just... Um, there should be a category that's, like, best historical depiction. And, right. and put all of them in there. Three of them, in addition to those ten, three more of them were played by people who have been... Who have appeared on film and on TV or on the stage countless times in The Little Women and Joker. Uh, and Mr. Rogers. Well, yeah, I counted him as a real person, <laughs> but yes, yeah, he also, yes, but, um, but we're, so we're talking seven out of 20 of these nominees were some kind of original character, hmm. which I mean, I haven't seen Joker. I'm sure that Joaquin Phoenix is great because uh, as I said, two years ago on this podcast when he was cast, I think he's the the best person alive to play that role. And I think it makes a lot of sense that he was cast, but Jared Leto disagrees, but okay. <laughs> but it's, it's easier to play this role once you've seen it done. And every time a role gets played mm. by someone else, I think it gets easier because you can learn things in one direction or the other. But I, uh, Jake, have you seen Joker? You're always no, but I. You're always gonna be compared to the other performances too, though. Right, so but it's, it's like, almost like there was a pa- sword. In all fairness right, so, to so, Joaquin Phoenix, which he did an incredible job as Joker. That movie is disturbing for lots of reasons. Is he as good as Heath Ledger? No, but is he as good I'm, as Mark Hamill? No, but that's not a fair comparison. I think, okay. I think he embodies the physicality of the character so well. And I think something that actually works very well for him, I don't mean this as, well, this is a dig, but I'm, I want to be more positive in life and this is a negative comment, but he had a palate, like we as an audience had a palate cleanser between Heath Ledger and Joaquin Phoenix. I was going to ask you that. Do you think if Leto, if Suicide Squad exists or doesn't without the Joker, does Joaquin Phoenix win this Oscar? I think he still does great, but I don't know if it's as like, I don't know. It's an interesting thing. What's weird though, is that DC has won four Academy Awards. All four of those films have starred the Joker in them. Hmm. Well, that's because he's one of the greatest villains of all time. I don't think that's really Mm -hmm. a coincidence. Is this the first time that two people have won an Academy Award for playing two different versions of the same character or something like that? I bet someone, I bet like two Shakespearean characters have won awards or something from like the 40s. Like did did Brando win for The Godfather and then De Niro win? I can see that happening. I know Brando won, but I don't know if De Niro did. I don't know if De Niro won for playing the younger version. Not sure. Well, anyways, Oscars. Jake, to answer (laughs) your question, I don't think, I think as we expand and as we get more movies... The Oscars matter less and less. And I think what this has, this year specifically has shown to people is if you like a movie, like who gives a rip about the Oscars? Like, yeah, some of my favorite movies from the past year weren't even nominated. Like Knives Out got I don't think it got any nominations. And I love that movie. And it's uh, just I think it got best screenplay, but it oh, did, did not it? win. Uncut no. Gems got totally snobbed. Booksmart got totally snobbed. I mean, snubbed. Uh, snobbed. Got <laughs> snob, snubbed. Now um, I'm even saying it. <laughs> yeah, I mean. Wait, can, it, we, can we talk about how Toy Story 4 won over How to Train yes. Your Dragon, Hidden World? What is that? And mm. a bunch of other great animated movies. Toy Story 4 is one of the worst movies I saw from 2019. Well, you didn't see a lot of movies then, my friend. I didn't, but it's, it's not very good. It's I've fine. seen four of those five movies and I think Toy Story, I don't know. 
It wasn't a a great year for animation. No. Toy Story 4 was a 90s direct to VHS movie. Like it was two short films that they tied into one movie. Yeah. It was it was on the Return of Jafar Lion King one and a half level. But hey, guys, at least we can now say Taika Waititi Academy Award winner. Oh pretty amazing. That's pretty awesome. I love I love that you know, I feel like it's only fair that if you're gonna put Adolf Hitler in your movie that you have to play him. So kudos <laughs> to him for that. It's a bold right? statement. Right? Like if you're gonna like if you're gonna write a movie that has him so involved in it, it's not fair to ask someone else to play him. And also in such a goofy way, you know? Like you have to fully own that. This summer, I will be teaching a course entitled Charlie Chaplin and Taika Waititi, Satire in Film. Are you really? What? No, but it, wouldn't that be great? Oh. oh. I was, about to say, I was like, that sounds incredible. I will re- <laughs> re-enroll at Baylor if that's what the case yeah, is. Yeah, <laughs> you work at Baylor. You can't, you can't tease that kind of stuff, Trevor. You had sorry, that. sorry. That was a joke. Secretly, Corpy listens to this <laughs> podcast, and he's like, that's actually a really good idea. That's, that's brilliant. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, man. Okay. Well, Probably more of a Jim Kendrick was, area, but yeah. It was the lowest rated Oscars of all time. Do we uh, blame Eminem for that? Yes. And, okay. uh, we blame what? Eminem and his surprise perform- performance. I didn't watch it, but why weird. was he out there? I don't know. I know he's saying lose he, yourself, but was it just like a, hey, we need another musical act in here? It was so weird. So random. Didn't make sense at all. People's faces in the crowd. Amazing. It was like, what is oh, happening? The but best, also, the like, best joke I can't that I saw bob my head. The best joke that I saw on the Twitter was that that the movie Parasite won the big prize despite there not being a host. Oh, and that's the end of Oscar talk because that was so good. Let's move on, guys, to our review of the conclusion of the Skywalker saga, Star Wars: The Rise of Skywalker, Episode Nine. Um. This is obviously the ninth film in the series. Maybe the end of Kathleen Kennedy's career. I don't know. We'll talk about it. Um, Initial thoughts on, let's just talk about Star Wars as a whole and focus specifically on this trilogy to end the saga. General thoughts, just give, give the listeners. So talking about the, the previous two films. Yes. Your okay. thoughts on where do you stand on Star Wars going into this film? Um, the Force Awakens was fun. It was fine. I think it has aged poorly a little bit in some ways. Um, the Last Jedi is a masterpiece in my opinion. It does some really interesting things. Um, they also feel like, and and this is a little bit giving away what I uh, Rise of Skywalker, but it feels like these movies were made by three different people who were just given a character treatment. That was the same, <laughs> which is weird because two of them were directed by the same person. <laughs> so, uh, well, anyway, we'll I, I, I was intrigued by this, um, coming in, of course. I mean, I loved last Jedi. I love what it did. I thought force awakens was a kind of a good, um, it was definitely made for the masses. Maybe not made for the, for the hardcore fans, the it was made for that, the fans, not the people, not the critics. That's right. Right. That's or right. Something. Um, but I mean, it, it was, I think they've been good movies. They're, 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 they've been honest to what Star Wars is and what we know of it. They've brought a little bit of new things into it as well. So, um, coming into this, I was, you know, excited to see the conclusion of this deal and also kind of ready to move on from this saga, which is we like, okay. So in 2019, we got the conclusion to arguably the two biggest movie franchises the world has ever seen in Star Wars and in the Avengers Infinity Saga. And they're both going on in their own ways, but they're really the finality. And it's weird how different I feel about those franchises sitting here, you know, a couple months removed from both of them. You know, Endgame on one hand, I look at and still adore to this day. If anything, it's gotten better in the 10, 8 months since it's come out. It still is amazing. The whole series is incredible what they did. For Star Wars, on the other hand, like, Force Awakens and Last Jedi, I think, are good to great. Force Awakens did what it needed to do to kick off the franchise. It's fun. It's not a great movie, but it it does its role. And then The Last Jedi is 
the third best Star Wars movie ever made, and it's not even close. And I think I had pretty high hopes. J.J. really seemed to respect what Ryan Johnson had done in The Last Jedi. But, okay, so I want to say this. I don't think this, I don't think the rise of Skywalker's shortcomings are J.J.'s fault 100%. From everything that I've read and heard and whatnot that's out there, it really feels like he got gypped on this movie and this wasn't 100% his movie. So, while there's some shortcomings in this movie, I don't 100% blame those on him as a director. I think there's going to be a really interesting book written about this movie 20 (laughs) years from now. Yeah. Yeah, the production uh, drama is fascinating. We'll we'll touch on that. It definitely a feels later. like a too many cooks movie. Yeah, for sure. It does. It definitely feels like that. And um, learning more about that has been super interesting. We'll touch on that later. I generally agree with everything you guys said. I think the Force Awakens is good. It's a lot of fun. It does what it needs to do. I think it's like a perfectly paced film. Um, I don't think you can add or really take away anything and make it better. It's like perfectly edited. It's like how to make a popcorn movie. Exactly. Um, And then The Last Jedi, I agree with you guys. I think it is, um, it's definitely the most interesting Star Wars movie to me. It's like very much The Empire Strikes Back. It just, it does very interesting things. Of course, those are controversial um, to some fans. And that kind of began the stupid, the stupid fan split that has happened. Um, and it seems like the, the people that land in those camps, uh, either like or hate this movie, um, rise of Skywalker. And, and I don't, I don't want this to be just a crap on the movie for an hour. Um, I think our general thoughts are pretty obvious. We were all let down by this film, but let's look, let's quickly touch on some, well, yeah, I guess Trevor, you're, you're different. Cameron and I saw this together. Yeah. And the moment it was over, we looked at each other and we were like, that sucked. There are multiple times in the movie where me and Jake looked at each other and go, yeah, this sucks. Yeah. Yeah. So I saw, I saw it by myself. Um, I saw it uh, opening night, like nine o'clock, but I did not decide to go see it until like 8.15. So I was not, I wasn't like in that completely anticipatory headspace that I maybe normally would have been like thinking about this movie big time. Um, so I went into it completely cold. And as you guys know, I've, I've the only marketing I'd seen was the first trailer with Ray doing the backflip over the tie fighter, um, Mm. which was still cool as hell in the movie, even though I'd seen it several times. Um, and, and I went into it and, and I watched it and it's a, it's a good enough movie that does enough fun things mixed in with its poor plot decisions that I enjoyed watching it. And I told you guys that I, that I kind of liked it or maybe loved it initially. And then the more I thought about it, the worse it got. And about a week later, I hated it. And then a week later I got to a point where I was like, you know what? That was fine. That was fine. It would have, if, if you, if this movie had been like a four episode arc on clone wars, it would have been like the sixth best four episode arc on clone wars, which but is that's fine. the thing is like, this wasn't meant to be, <laughs> I this know, is the I know it's final a movie, movie. They spent $275 million on that's kind it's of the not, problem. Right. And it's not just a movie. It is the movie that ends 40 years of a franchise with, Millions of people invested, I think, and and we can get into this later. But I think it does more crapping on Return of the Jedi than it does on the Last Jedi. Um, yeah, Th- this but, movie makes the whole last three movies pointless, which we'll touch it, on that again later. Yeah. yeah. So, what did we like? We liked that it was beautiful because that's what JJ does. Um, the CGI was nice. The new worlds were nice. The tech was good. I thought the performances are really good. I know you put that in your notes too, Jake. Um, yeah, I think every, Terrible everyone, script, but the performances did a, they did a great job. Right. Performers everyone acted who the is, crap out of a crappy script. Yeah. Everyone who's been in this gave, like they felt true and authentic to their character. Um, aside from the, the bad script at times. Um, 
I thought that the the new there were no there weren't really any new characters that got a lot of screen time, but I think there were some interesting new characters that were they were okay. Um, why did Carrie Russell wear a helmet the whole time? What what is that about? I think that they're trying to capitalize after Phasma was kind of a letdown because they wanted Phasma to yeah. be a Boba Fett type character, right? But w- and then after why did that, you kill her in the first movie? Well, because Ryan Johnson killed her, and they oh, were yeah, really upset cool. about that because apparently. That was, that's something Sorry, that people get up screen time. Yeah. Right. right. Whatever. But, but so like, but, but still, why do you, why do you not show Carrie Russell's face? Whatever. Um, but yeah, I, I think, I mean, it's a well-made movie. The, the, the issues are plot and it's, they're only issues because of the, the infinite amount of source material that's come before and surrounds this saga. You make a great point of like, we'll get to spoilers here in a second, but like Disney deciding what is canon and what isn't with a fan base like Star Wars is a fascinating decision when you look at something like their other property that they own, Marvel, which has infinitely more source material that contradicts itself and like every which way characters dying, coming to laugh, whatever. I think reducing the canon was important because it was out of control and not really monitored very well. Um, The difference is, and I know Cam brought this up too, the difference between Star Wars and the Marvel movies is the Marvel movies made a a decision and probably Kevin Feige made this decision. It was the right decision to say that these movies are a different universe than the Mm -hmm. comic books. Um, which works because multiverses have existed in comics for 30, 40 years at least. Um, and that, that's a fine acceptance. But Star Wars has this tradition of extended universe things that build on it. So you're not really in a position to do that. But I think that Star Wars... Be- so with the comics having so many different iterations of certain characters, these characters mean different things to everybody. And you're not locked into when you do a movie, you're not locked into any sort of one idea, but I feel like with star Wars, because they went and narrowed everything back down to what is Canon, everybody felt like they had this idea of like Luke Skywalker's this, like the Jedi are this, the Sith are this, the empire is this. And everybody had this like idea in their head instead of going. I think this movie's biggest shortcoming is people's reaction to the last Jedi. I think if reactions to The Last Jedi are null and everybody's like, yeah, good movie. And there's not all this outcry about people being upset about how Luke was treated or what Ray does or Snoke, all this other stuff. This movie, you know, JJ's able to make a freer movie of, okay, here, let me just make a movie that I want to make instead of let me rewrite or fix or try and win back fans. It's instead of being like, no, we're not going to cater to everybody's frustration we're just going to make a good movie they felt like okay we have to course correct and make sure that everybody gets their say in what this is the interesting thing about getting mad about a lot of the stuff that was brought into the last jedi is the last jedi does nothing new uh, it it in it incorporates a lot of ideas that are that are, that begin in like clone wars or rebels or some of the comics but it doesn't do anything new so i but which i I guess, I guess, I mean, I understand the problem. Like, it's hard to make a movie that relies on other types of media when a lot of your audience doesn't even know that it exists or thinks that Rebels or Clone Wars are just these kids' shows that are on Cartoon Network. Um, so it's sort of a weird spot is what I'm getting at, I guess. Yeah. Let's, let's jump into spoilers because I feel like to actually talk about any of these weird inconsistencies we have to spoil stuff so the movie's been out for two months it's star wars if you haven't seen it by now you probably don't want to see it anyways so um let's go into spoilers so the big reveal or the twist in this is ray is the granddaughter of palpatine (laughs) who is alive I, actually, I don't care that he's alive. That's fine. Whatever. Do you guys think it would have been better <laughs> if they hadn't revealed that he was alive in the trailers? Yes. I think 100%. literally, no, all you have to do is at the end of The Last Jedi, we hear an echoing Palpatine laugh. 
Yep. Like just just plant that or, seed but somewhere. They, what they also should have done about twenty five minutes into this movie, they should have done Jake's least favorite thing and done an expedition exposition dump and tell us how the hell he's here. Like I don't even care how yeah. to explain this. Like oh, I don't you even have care to about explain that. it. What I more care about is that you set it feel so Jake, your idea of having that echo at the end of The Last Jedi is great. But that didn't happen the because they was, didn't nobody have had an thought idea. of that. Right. <laughs> before there's the yeah. movie, when there's the no overarching thing throughout this this trilogy. It's JJ made his movie, Ryan watched that, went on and did his, and then JJ did his. And it's not like there's like, hey, you need to stick to the story that we've set up. Everybody gets to do and their everyone own Everyone keeps on saying that they had a plan. Kathleen Kennedy keeps talking about this plan. And J.J. Abrams talks about this plan. And I am <laughs> rescinding all of my Kathleen Kennedy praise that I have given in the three years of this podcast, which is a lot of praise that I have given to her. Because mm-hmm. she, she, she has made a lot of good calls, but man. Yeah, Oops. I mean... And and we're fans of Rogue One and Solo. Um, love both of I those. Love love both of them. And and I, I Mandalorian, fantastic. We haven't talked about that at all on this podcast. We'll get to that later. Mandalorian, like in general, her shepherding of Star Wars has been great. But has it I though? think that I I think the Rise of Skywalker proves that there she's not a Kevin Feige. I, I Kevin Feige is a storyteller in his own sense and that he's managing character so, arcs. He understands plot development, crafting a narrative over the span of multiple okay. movies. I don't think she's that person. While we're on this Feige stand though, I want to make this clear. People criticize Feige all the time for hiring young indie filmmakers to come in and make these films because the general theory is that they are agreeable and won't fight back as much as a seasoned person like, Okay, for example, Sam Raimi would, who's established director, who's been working in Hollywood for years and is now directing one of the films. But I actually now look at that as a strength of I want good, young, talented directors to come in and execute my vision for these movies. And I think if Kathleen Kennedy had had a better established vision and was able to more clearly communicate that, because it's like, I'm fine if Last Jedi goes away. If there is a better overarching story between these three films, they, it feels mismatched. And I think, you know, I don't really care who directs them as long as they're good. And so it, in a series like this, you need to have that overarching, you know, story. And that, that's something that this is missing. It's pretty weird yeah. that a random random little kids movie called Book of Henry derailed the biggest film franchise of all time. <laughs> but that's the other right? thing with, with her. How many directors have been into this series that were then removed? Okay, so Rogue One, Gareth Edwards is removed, quote unquote, there's arguments about that, from the reshoots of Rogue One. <laughs> may um, or may not have been his movie at all. No one really right. knows. <laughs> Same thing with Solo. That's a more public one with uh, Miller and Lord being removed and Ron Howard being brought on. Josh Trank was supposed to do a Boba Fett movie and then after Fantastic Four failed, was kicked off of that. And then... Mm, that was probably Colin, the right call. Yeah, and then <laughs> Colin Trevorrow after Book of Henry. And so it's like, I think this is one of those things where it's like, they're going after these directors, but they don't really want... Like Kathleen Kennedy hires Lord and Miller and then goes, oh, I don't actually want that. I want some other young indie director who won't make it a slapstick comedy or whatever they're making. Uh, who knows? It's it's weirdly simultaneously too much and a lack of trust in the sense mm-hmm. where they were hiring these people to write the films and clearly direct where the story's going to go. But then becoming over controlling and not trusting the vision of the filmmaker that they've put the film's hands, they put the film into that person's hands. Um, And it's just this like reactive model versus a a proactive model where clearly 
that that's what they're doing at Marvel. And, and I think the Kevin Feige example is fantastic because Feige is hiring and giving these young directors a chance because they have a great style and clearly can make a good film, but he's acting as a creative director role. Someone who is able to manage talent and manage a project, but let that person's unique vision still come through and and that's that's the difference between like a good leader and and just a a general manager and i think that's kind of the the example or the that's kind of like what the evidence is showing of what the difference between feige and kennedy well yeah and the different the other difference is is that they're both they've both hired young directors who kind of have something to prove but kathleen kennedy is hire has been hiring people who have directed big budget movies before and kevin feige is people who is hiring people who have directed good movies before despite the budget it's mm. like gareth well edwards said, directed Trevor. godzilla which is a huge budget movie but isn't very good um hey. colin trevorrow directed um jurassic world which is terrible and a but a big budget movie <laughs> Hey, he also, it's directed, terrible. Okay. He also directed it's Safety bad. Not Guaranteed. Yeah, Safety Not Guaranteed is, is really good. I, I agree. I, I think it's really good. I don't want to crap on Kennedy and I don't want to crap on the directors, but I will. I'll give my quick overarching thought and caveat that to sum up this issue. Um, I, I think the biggest example of what we're talking about here. And what hurt this film the most is actually something that Ryan Johnson did in The Last Jedi. And we're big fans of Ryan Johnson. Huge fans. Big fans of The Last Jedi. But I think what, what happened was clearly they wanted to redeem Kylo Ren slash Ben Solo at the end. Because Star Wars is a general theme of redemption and hope and um and and love and the force only and, one like, character I, is irredeemable right exactly and uh what happened in the last jedi is you have kylo ren killing snoke so star wars has this history of a central antagonist the puppet master in the shadows and the sub antagonist darth vader darth maul kylo ren the person out acting on the world and who is redeemable they are an evil puppet essentially with a good heart and that has been shown throughout the star wars saga in in everything and i think that's what disney wanted to do but killing snoke that is the moment where kylo ren has freed himself and then he makes the active choice in The Last Jedi to continue to lead the evil First Empire, or First Order, whatever it's called. And, and in that moment, he has stepped across the line from sub-antagonist to central antagonist. Like Kylo Ren, at the, end of the, at the end of Last Jedi, Kylo Ren is no longer a redeemable character. Um, but Disney wanted to do that. And so that's why they brought back Palpatine. I, th- I truly believe that's why they brought back Palpatine. Ugh. He's so removed from the trilogy. It doesn't make sense at all for him to be involved in this at, at all. And, and the issue is there is no longer a central antagonist that we can kill without killing Ben Solo, who is like the son of the two, two of the main characters and who needs to be redeemed. And if we don't bring back somebody for Ray to conquer, then she has achieved nothing over this saga. And so you, and we haven't planted any other seeds for any other villains. So F it, let's bring back Palpatine. <laughs> like I, I, it does, I honestly I, believe that's what happened in the right. I, I am amused enough by his existence that I will refer to these nine films as the Palpatine saga, because <laughs> he is the main character of these films at this point. It would be fascinating to re-edit. He, he doesn't even appear in all of them like that. And he's, but he's still the main character in them. It's his story. It's 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 the rise and the fall of the Palpatine Empire. That's what this saga is. 
Another issue is that Palpatine's plan makes no sense because his goal is the same as the main characters, which is to kill Palpatine. Like Palpatine <laughs> wants to die and everyone wants to kill Palpatine. Where so that puts everybody also, at a standstill. Let's talk about how there were enough people to build a million Star Destroyers. Like, who is building these things? Don't worry about it, Trevor. Don't Trevor, worry about it. Trevor, they've had 30 years. Who cares? I Do you just... know what you can accomplish in 30 years, Trevor? Oh, my 30 gosh. 30 years ago, we didn't even have the internet. Amazon didn't exist. Elon Musk was, I... you know, had hair. That was actually his. <laughs> it's like J.J. Abrams wanted to work in some force mythology stuff, but he didn't talk to Dave Filoni about it for some reason. The only person who should be allowed to build on the Star Wars force mythology is Dave Filoni. Right. And, 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 actually, and really, I didn't really want to get into this too much, but Dave Filoni is the person who should have been in charge of this trilogy. That was obvious from like the first season of Clone Wars. So I don't know what, what you're doing there, Kathleen Kennedy. You had the guy. <laughs> He's on your payroll already. That's the weirdest um, part to me time. is that he is never given and maybe it's like his decision maybe he's been offered or given they, they've offered it to him but I, it's interesting to me that he doesn't get out of like they never let him out of his little sandbox like hey here's your well, anime he's... animated show do your thing but they never let the, him the... like did he direct yeah. an episode of the mandalorian yes he was okay. heavily involved in the mandalorian yeah Maybe he'll take over Kathleen Kennedy's job. Hey. I think that he's the obvious heir apparent. Um, that seems pretty clear. Also, um, who the heck were all those like other Sith? Yeah, they're called the Sith Eternals. Um, I don't know too much about them. Um, I, they're mentioned in some of what the a novels. What a weird thing to put in there. Yeah, see, that's, I think, Jake, I think, Jake, I think you talked about this when we were texting about it, that this film doesn't it it brings you into the mythology of the world without telling you what the heck any of it is or what's going on like it's a video game like movie, it's, it's literally mm-hmm. it's literally just like go here do this great go to this next place do this oh that thing broke it doesn't matter like that character's dead it's fine he's back to life like it's just it's ridiculous okay there were at least i think four times where i counted where a character was quote-unquote dead in this movie and then was brought back to life which is the most ridiculous part i don't want to be that guy completely and i'm sorry i'm sorry i'm sorry but this is a better movie if chewy dies it's a better movie it's a it's a hundred percent better movie no. And, and and if that and if that weighs on Ray for the rest of the movie, that's interesting. Yeah. Like, Especially like, give, like, like after The Force Awakens kills Han Solo, like I was I was pumped pumped isn't the right word, but I was like, wow, they did that. Especially for a franchise. Like people yeah. people can die. His yeah, son people killed him. Yeah. People can Give die. Me the stakes. Like exactly. I need stakes on this. Medium, rare. That's right. Please. <laughs> right. That's now. right. I so, just hate it. Like you can't kill a main character that we've had in the film saga for almost fifty years and like tear people's hearts out, and then just be like, "Oh no, just kidding. Gotcha. <laughs> Come on. He's at alive. least, like, at least, at least, wait forty-five minutes." Yeah, you're gonna bring it, it was, back. But here's the it thing: was such they a showed. But if, if they had actually built up that moment and then brought him back, that's one thing. But how anticlimactic it was! It was like, oh, he's not dead. Oh, okay, that didn't actually happen. Well, my brain was my brain was going. They didn't actually do this unless they did, which is amazing. <laughs> that's what. <laughs> <laughs> that's that's what what I thought about it. How much more interesting would this trilogy be if in Force Awakens, Ray had introduced herself and mine said, my name's Ray Palpatine? Huh. If we know the whole time. The whole time. Because apparently Luke and Leia know, knew the entire time. Right. Yeah. I, my, my issue with the Palpatine thing isn't that it was like a poorly like yes it, it was bad storytelling in the sense of like oh she's a Palpatine like but I think what frustrates me is like Star Wars is about 
we talked about this a second ago, redemption, darkness, light. You can always turn to the light, but her being a Palpatine just makes it the same old space battle that's been going on forever from the it's, same family. It's just a mafia movie. That's like, exactly. that's all it is. Yeah. It, there's, there's no, like, and at the end of the last Jedi, it was, rem- we were reminded that like the force is for everyone. And then this movie is like, nope, it's just for these space gods, not for you. Don't worry Which about completely it. is a misunderstanding of what the force actually is. Like, oh yeah, the force I, isn't JJ, something that's genetics. It's chosen. JJ it doesn't get the you. force. Well, I the midichlorian levels of the Palpatines are significantly higher than the general population. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Oh, Although man. I do appreciate, Freddie Prince Jr. I, I, should have directed this. You guys, <laughs> the Freddie Prince Jr. bit is one hundred percent correct. Him yes. sharing sharing Dave Filoni's philosophy from George Lucas about the Force and what it means and what it is is one hundred percent correct. Um, and beautiful and it's simple, absolutely wonderful. I want to go see this movie again knowing what i know now about it because i've only seen it once it's the first star wars yeah. movie i've ever only seen once in theaters I, yeah i've only seen it once too and i want to go back like knowing that and go okay now that i can actually like just watch this for what it is i think i'd probably enjoy it more there yeah i think i would too there because i think i told you guys before you know when we were when we were texting about it before we saw the movie the reviews were coming out and they were not very good and i said I don't actually care what this ends up being because I will eventually accept as canon anything that happens in this film, whether I like it or not. It just needs to look right and feel right. And it mostly, it looked right and it mostly felt right most of the time. So I think mm, you're right. I'll, I'll disagree with you on the end point there, but yeah, I mean, we're ripping on this thing, but I always want more Star Wars. Let's talk. Yeah, exactly. Let's talk about a couple of really fun things this movie does. Um, one of them is it finally gives Chewie a mother effing medal. Um, <laughs> whether even yeah. though it's one of the ones that was already from before, whatever. At least he finally got his medal. And listen, listen. I like laughed with delight, and the rest of my theater was silent on opening oh, night yeah. of this film. Like, how do you not understand this reference? I don't get it. I, how is there no reaction? My other, the other really fun thing that I liked about this movie was the ground assault on the Star Destroyer. Yes. When, when Finn was like, I know we can do this. And the, the troop carry opens up and it's, it's, it, it's a nice little nod to, at the end of the day, this is just the mother effing space western. That's all it is. <laughs> and you know what? We've got horses and we've got bows and arrows and let's just do this thing. Good guys versus bad guys, whatever. So I thought I thought that was really fun. I'll be the first to say that I wasn't actively rooting for anything to happen between Kylo Ren and Rey, but I think that the way that they executed their dynamic in this movie was pretty great and both of them like daisy ridley and kylo ren are both fantastic actors who did a great job in those roles like say what you want about kylo and whatnot but i think you know adam driver did incredible i i liked the dynamic i did not like the kiss i did not like the kiss i don't like i didn't like that that was a bad like their dynamic of like how they shared things and how, you know, they're really like a yin and a yang of each other, just constantly circling each other until they're, you know, closer and closer and closer. I thought was really interesting. It was an interesting turn from last Jedi where Kylo has the upper hand in these conversations and, and rise of Skywalker. Ray has the upper hand in these conversations. And it was a really, it kind of pushes along this idea. And I, I thought, I thought, I thought, I agree. I thought that was, a, I thought I, I enjoyed that as well. I, I also agree. The kiss was terrible. I liked their dynamic. Adam Driver's fantastic. His little shrug when he has the lightsaber is maybe like one yeah. of the best Star Wars moments ever. Um, I think with them though, that leads into, we have to talk about <laughs> the force is all over the place in this movie. This is what I was getting into with pulling in things from the expanded universe without really explaining them that have not existed in the saga movies before. Um, there's nothing new here to star Wars at large, but there's a lot of stuff that's brand new and kind of off the wall, crazy 
for what we've yeah. seen in the nine films of the saga. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and you've had the last two movies to start planting these. Right. I mean, like in, right. in Attack of the Clones, they were at the early in Attack of the Clones. They're talking about Darth Sidious and or Darth Darth Plagueis being able to bring back right. somebody from the dead. Right. Like that's something planted, and that is why Anakin turns into Darth Vader, and. He's constantly searching for that. Which is such an interesting thing to happen in this movie. Like, I feel like Ray's ability in this movie and her being, whether you want to call her like a gray Jedi or like neutral or whatever, I thought actually added more layers to his decision in the prequels. Like showing like you could still be a good guy and have brought somebody back. Right. Yeah. Yeah, but I was just, uh, I don't know. It was just like, all of a sudden we're healing people. All of a sudden we're pulling spaceships back with the Force. All of a sudden uh, we're, tra- like, Ben Solo brought her back to life. We're sending lightsabers through holes in space-time. Like, it was just... But I think if you want to get nitpicky about that, like, you have to start getting nitpicky about, okay, Kylo Ren stops a laser in force awakens i mean i think i think it it also makes sense to me that especially these two particular people given their bloodlines um in maybe theoretically building on the knowledge of those before have the potential to be more powerful than what we've seen just because we're moving forward in time so i'm willing to accept some of those things yeah I guess. Um, I don't know I if was, there's a. I I don't know of. A, I'm trying to think of a precedent. I know I said everything. Nothing was new, but I I can't think of a precedent for Ray pushing her lightsaber through a portal through Force time. To no, I don't think that's Kyra. ever happened before. I mean, there's you could, but oh, it was really freaking cool. If you have seen, <laughs> if you have seen Rebels there is some stuff that could lead to that. Yeah, and that's as cryptic as yeah. I, like, I, maybe the I building think blocks. my issue, my issue is more with like, not that it existed of, uh, it's more of like how it was presented in the sense where it's like, we have not experienced force healing at all in right. this and franchise. It's like- and it's so early in this film and so, video gamey. And since it's like, we're trapped as characters, what are we going to do? Oh, there's this giant snake. Oh, let's heal it. It was like a tutorial of like, now you have force powers. Try to heal this snake. Now the snake <laughs> has opened the exit. Good job. On to the next level. Like that's, it just was bad. It, that's what this, this movie is a <clears throat> mediocre RPG. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I wouldn't even call it mediocre. <laughs> it's, it's, it, okay. it's at best the fourth best Star Wars RPG. <laughs> no, the last Jedi or not yeah. the last Jedi. What's the video game that just came out? Jedi or Force? No, um, Fallen Order. Have you played it? Uh, yes, it's awesome. I'm waiting for it to go it's, on sale. <laughs> it's incredible. Um, but we we have to talk about Colin Trevorrow's pitch on Star Wars, which I think is 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 a. Have, have they confirmed that that's that was actually what his story was? I think it was a confirmed version of it. I think we have to talk about the mismanagement of Finn because Finn is maybe the most interesting character ever introduced in a Star Wars franchise that is like totally wasted. Yeah, I think what what they do here with introducing the idea that more people have done what I don't know that's something I'm still thinking through like does does the introduction of more people who have abandoned the empire make him more interesting as like a leader for that rebellion or does it make him less interesting of like nope you're just another person who's done that before the problem with Finn is that when JJ started this thing in Force Awakens is um he gave us two huge character arcs each worthy of their own set of three movies and one of them is Ray's, and one of them is poe and finn mostly finn but with poe on the side and those things tried to be interspersed throughout these three movies and they they mostly got in each other's way and i think and ray won out because she's the main story obviously but i think that ray's ray's story is such that 
she doesn't need sidekicks like Luke did. She had mm-hmm. to, to do this on her own. And so every time Ray was doing something that wasn't her story, it felt like a waste of her time. And Ben suffered because of that. Also, I think Ray Ray becomes like a Jedi master by the end. And Poe is like one of the greatest pilots ever and a general. And Finn just kind of like stays a <laughs> he, guy. He has friends in high places because he was in the right place at the right time. <laughs> Yeah, like he just kind of was like, well, well, I'm just kind of lucking out. I'm not getting shot. Like that's that's Finn's power is uh, no stakes in the universe and not getting shot. But I, I, after seeing those maybe confirmed, maybe not confirmed Trevorrow images of like him finding a band of rebellious stormtroopers and leading them against the First Order, I was like, dude, that would have been so cool. On yeah, Coruscant, such a such a cool idea started. of like first of introducing that stormtroopers aren't faceless evil soldiers like they aren't volunteers they're being forced into this and they can be turned like that's a great idea that fits into the theme of redemption so much with star wars but it it, it just they just kind of were like eh, no he's he's just a useless character his care his skills aren't needed anymore <laughs> and it uh, i just it was weird that he turned and it made you empathetic to stormtroopers, and then his entire character arc was like, "Let's kill stormtroopers." That was yeah. weird. That I was think weird. Th- it touches on the 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 whole idea of like stormtroopers being people and all of this. It touches on a few things that w- a couple things that were never really um, explained very well, and that's that why do the people of the first order do what they do? Um, yeah, why? There, there isn't a lot of explanation <laughs> <me>, for that <laughs> they're just bad but the other side of that is is that i have will now theorize that this movie would not have been good no matter what because star wars cannot work if the good guys are in power it just doesn't star wars doesn't exist in that kind of a universe yeah unless you introduce a completely new villain for all of humanity to come together and like fear. Thrawn's secret son, like in the expanded universe, there's the whole like Yuzu Vaughn like war that happens around this time, which is like people coming from the unknown regions, this other alien race, and like trying to conquer all of them, and it's like everybody banding together to like fight this Yuzu Vaughn war. It is funny how like the the entire premise is like the underdog versus the person in control and 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 the jedi even were like the jedi sided with the empire to create the empire and then the empire took over the world or the universe and then the rebellion that then the jedi were like oh we're over here now just kidding fought back the empire it's just this and then the rebellion wins except when we see them again they're losing right so so right. here's here's another question. <laughs> what point did someone at Lucasfilm high up, Kathleen Kennedy or whoever, realized that they made a mistake by making episode seven at all? Um never, because they have billions no, of dollars. I mean, I mean, from, yeah. a, from, a, from a from a narrative standpoint, uh, like someone in there that's pure at heart from a narrative standpoint. What I'm saying is, is that you can make a movie that is about Ray and carries Ray's story without it being a Skywalker movie. Or without it being having anything to do with the rebellion and the Empire. Does it carry the same weight, though, if you don't have... Because I would argue that the one of the reasons why Ray's story carries weight is because of the familiarity of certain characters that we've introduced and because of, I think if you just look at Ray's story as a story, I don't think that it holds enough. I don't know, man. I, I cried watching Star Wars Rebels. But Rebels also has three seasons to get you yeah, to like its characters. True. This has six, right. seven hours. That's so okay. long. Seven hours <laughs> is so long to make a good movie. <laughs> yeah. Okay. So let's right. let's just quickly touch on I think the final point is that these movies leave us in the exact same spot that episode 6 leaves us. <laughs> <laughs> 
Well, just, it's just yes. that all the Star Destroyers are wrecked on one planet instead of several different planets. And Luke and Leia have died and Han's di- died. And I hated when she said Rey Skywalker. I was like, just say Rey. You're Rey. You're your own person. Just be your own person now. Or say Ray Palpatine and do your own thing of like I've reconquered yeah, this name, do, like not Ray Skywalker, and also burying Luke's lightsaber on Tatooine. Like, uh, okay, see what that is? Is that's Episode Ten? There it is. That's she planted the seed for Episode Ten. Uh, I wanted that old lady to so badly be like, "Oh, my name is Beru," and all of a sudden you're like, "Wait, did Aunt Beru never die? <laughs> what happened?" And then you realize, like, this whole time, like, you know, or like Anakin's mom, <laughs> and then like Anakin's mom never Just actually died. Undo, and he's been angry this whole time about nothing. Everything. I think the I think the yes. Baru White Sun Lars short story, from a certain point of view, pretty well confirms that she is dead. Um, oh man! But mm. but that would have mm. been hilarious. That would have been really funny. Okay. Any other thoughts before we move into scoring slash final thoughts of this film? Yeah, I mean, I feel like we've said everything. I'm disappointed. There's some good parts to it. I want to watch it again. It's not exactly what I wanted, but I think my biggest frustration with fandom after The Last Jedi was that so many people claimed, no, Star Wars is this, when it's like, what does it matter what Star Wars is to you? This is what this movie is. Like, just accept this movie for what it is, and this is what, what this character is now. And I think with this movie, it's another one of those, like, when I get past all of like the frustrations about like technical stuff, it's like, okay, not exactly how I would have wanted these characters to go or like certain things, but it's like, this is what we got. So, Hey, we got another star Wars movie. Just be happy about that. Um, it's like a C for me. It's pretty low. I think it's third lowest of all time. It's above Phantom Menace and attack of the clone. Not above anything else. Definitely below Revenge of the Sith. I actually think it's a good movie. I think it is too. Um, I'm going to give this a, uh, a Plo Koon out of Obi-Wan Kenobi. <laughs> oh my God. Can you translate Which that? Which is to say. Can you translate that for us? <laughs> it, does, it does some good things. It does some bad things. And it dies in a really embarrassing and shameful way. Not shameful. Um, weak way. No, they, um, they brought shame upon their family, Trevor. Don't, don't. Well, don't, I mean, don't no, Plo Koon did not die in a shameful way. He was killed in Order 66. He just didn't put up much of a fight. Um, I did want to say, I, I, other thing that I thought was really cool, I love that they brought in the voices of Jedi from the entire um, universe. Um, hearing the voices of Kanan Jarrus and Ahsoka Tano um, was really cool. Star Wars has an absurd tradition of having all the dead people show up as force ghosts at the end, you know, when you're having a party. And why <laughs> did we not do that here? <laughs> there should have been, there should have been like when, when Ray was like standing at the Lars residence on Tatooine, it should have been like a whole ring of all of our force ghost friends. Like, like everyone from the whole franchise. I also love the idea of, like ghosts existing in the Star Wars universe, but only if you're having a party. That's that's the yeah, only like, time you can get a group of ghosts around. And and they only talk to you when you like definitely need it. Like yeah. not when it would be like really helpful, but yeah. like if you if you've got some drinks out and you got a problem, some ghosts are gonna show up. That's what a Star Wars has established. <laughs> um, okay, my final thoughts. I I agree with you guys. Generally, it's definitely bottom tier of the saga i was incredibly disappointed with this film uh i had some fun moments for sure performances are great technical stuff is great i feel like there is an incredible three hour director's cut somewhere that we're never gonna get um based on what i've heard about behind the scenes drama i just i feel like jj got screwed and that really bums me out because i think we could have had something special here and we definitely did not so for me it's like c minus maybe d plus no more star wars let's do content of the week you guys have any content from the last two and a half months you well wanna send people jake sorry it's star wars <laughs> let's hear it come on um 
So one thing, um, leading up to Star Wars, starting I think in October, um, the Ringer's binge mode podcast with Mallory Rubin and Jason Concepcion did um, have done a Star Wars kind of blowout. They've done 34 episodes, one for each film, one on Clone Wars, one on Rebels. Um, they've done character studies of Ahsoka Tano, Darth Vader, Jar Jar Binks, droids. They went deep into the sounds of Star Wars and where a lot of the sound effects and the music comes from. Um, it's the Ringer binge mode. Highly recommend it. Um, if you love Star Wars, love digging into stuff. Um, there's a lot of content there, probably like 80 hours worth. And so you can just kind of take it in bit by bit. Um, along those same lines, um, when I've been feeding uh, my daughter in the middle of the night or in the middle of the day, uh, I watched um, Star Wars Rebels in its entirety over the past three or four weeks. And good Lord, if you love Star Wars, especially the the, the truest essence of the original trilogy mixed in with Rogue One is in Rebels and Rebels is just amazing. It has some of my favorite Star Wars characters. It does some of the coolest things that are done in the entire series. Some amazing, huge, pivotal moments. I cannot recommend Rebels any- anymore. Um, I just started Clone Wars off of y'all's recommendation. It's great. Check it out if you haven't watched it yet. My real recommend is go see Parasite. Like, go support not only one of the best foreign films ever made, but one of the best films ever made. See it in theaters while you can. Um, it won all the Oscars for a reason. And to quote Bong Joon-ho, don't let the bottom two inches of the subtitle scare you away from an incredible world of cinema. Um, so that is our comeback episode, guys. Popcorn Optional is back. Uh, next episode, TDB. And um, that was your office reference for the night. And we will we'll see you next time. This has been a lot of fun. We're glad to be back. Clearly, we're a little looser. It's a more it's more casual. We want it to feel like you're sitting down with some good old friends and talking about movies because that's what we're doing. That's why we're doing it. Yeah. Um, Cameron, I haven't thought I haven't thought of a Michael Scott quote to end the episode on. Nice. Does anybody have one? May your dreams fly as high as your caps. <laughs> That's a good one. That's a good one. Okay. Bye. <laughs> <laughs> I think every episode we're going to come up with a new Michael Scott quote to end it. That's what's on the air. What live. On the air. Yeah. Live. That's what it's going to be. Okay. That's the new thing. May your caps fly as high as your dreams. Wait. No, I said it wrong. Did I? I don't know. Okay. Bye. Bye.